Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. I want to do something. So everybody who's out in the hallway and you can hear my voice, quit talking. Quit fellowshipping. You should have came early. So come on in here. Get your kids dropped off and come on in here because here's what I'd like to do. I want to start off today. I feel like I have something for us uh, that's going to be pretty, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. We'll see. <laughs> Might not be. Uh, but I want to start with something that I, when Sarah was praying, I started just sensing this. So uh, I want you all to trust me. Do you all trust your pastor? Are y'all a little bit scared right now? <laughs> all right. We're family, y'all. We're family. And there's all kinds of things going on in here. How many, how many of you guys would say in your life there's been seasons where you face hardship and struggle? Not, and don't raise your hand if this is not true. I don't want just some, some empty just raising your hand because you feel like you're supposed to raise your hand. If you've been through seasons of difficulty or struggle... And you can honestly say that the Lord was an ever-present help in those times of trouble. Yeah, look at this. Yeah, look at this. Good, good stuff. So I sense there's a couple people here. I'm not going to call you by name, but I sense a joy in the room, but with pockets of people that are in a, a struggle to where you could almost cry and you're almost overwhelmed. And I want you to realize that this is a safe place. And so what I'd like you to do, if you're here and you would say, you know what, I am going through a struggle. You don't have to tell us what the struggle is. Maybe you're sitting next to your struggle. <laughs> you don't even have to tell us that. <laughs> Maybe both of y'all need to stay in. I don't know. But if you're, if you're facing any form, if it's a physical, if it's a sickness attacking you, if it's or if it's somebody, you know, how, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's something that it's a struggle to you and it is talking to you and it is weighing you down and you are feeling like, I could really use some prayer. What I want you to do is I want you to trust me. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to make you say anything. You're not going to have to explain your struggle at all. All I want you to do is receive. So if it's you, if it's you, just stand to your feet wherever you are. Wow. Wow. Upstairs, different ones. All right. So church family, I want us to take a minute. Now, everybody doesn't have to do this, but somebody better do it or my sermon will change. We're the church of the living God. Amen. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So all these people who are standing right now, I want to have at least three people around each one, and I just want you to start praying over them. You don't have to pray out loud. You can pray silently. I don't care. I want There's some upstairs, and I just want you to start praying over them. The ones who are standing, just come and just start praying over them. 
And we're going to minister to one another. And I'll close us out here in just a minute. We won't be super long, but just start praying over them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You are an ever-present help in times of trouble. You are our deliverer, God. We just declare your peace. We declare your peace. We declare your joy. We declare your healing in your life. We just thank you, God. We thank you, God. We bless you, God. We honor you, God. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Thank you for this family, God. We speak peace over this family and over this house, God. Thank you that you are there with them and you help them, God. Those who are at home going through a struggle, who are watching online, we just speak peace over them. Life and healing over them. The victory of the Lord. We declare victory over that house. We declare the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. We declare by my God, I can run upon a troop and I can leap over a wall. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We pray for fresh oil, God. We pray for fresh bread. We pray, Lord, your strength upon them, God. We pray your strength and your life upon them, God. Healing over them and their family. Life over them and their family. Confidence, joy over them and their family. You've made them the head and not the tail. You've made them above and not beneath, God. We thank you that my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. We thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're the lifter of our head. You're our exceedingly great reward. You're the shield about us, God. You even have our rear guard. We thank you for it, Lord. And we thank you today, Holy Spirit. We present ourselves to you for you to teach us, for you to show us something we didn't know, for you to remind us of something that we need to remember and we thank you, Lord, that you just build your body. You build your church. You strengthen your people, God. We thank you that we have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. We thank you that we have hearts to understand the truth of your word. And we thank you, God, that we walk in obedience motivated by love. We just honor you, God. Matter of fact, if you ain't scared, just go ahead and lift, just lift your hands up to the Lord. Lord, we honor you and we bless you and we thank you, God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your salvation, so great a salvation. And Father, we just honor you this day and we magnify you. We declare that you reign. Our God reigns. And we bless your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you feel good about it, hug a couple people, give them a high five or something, knuckles and Tell them you're so glad that they came today.
Are y'all cool with that? You cool if I do stuff like that? All right. Make some of y'all nervous, I know. If you have your Bible, open up to Proverbs chapter 18. If you don't have your Bible, you have one on your phone. If you are looking at your phone, pretending you're on the Bible, and texting somebody or watching a game or doing something like that, I pray you catch a virus on your phone. <laughs> that you have to repent before the virus is removed. I mean it in love. I want to speak to you today about faith. Faith has been in my heart. I know a pastor faith center, but faith has been in my heart. And he's been speaking uh, to us. And uh, hey, Donna, Donna, look up here. I know, I know Sarah's talking to you, but look up here real quick. I want to tell you one thing and then Sarah can get back talking to you. Do you believe the Lord? Do you trust the Lord? Yes, ma'am. Has he ever forsaken you? No, he hasn't. Even if you think he has, he hadn't. He was faithful then. He's faithful now. And you're a woman of God. You can get crazy from time to time, but you're a woman of God. God's brought you here. God's brought you now. You're a woman of God just like Sarah's a woman of God. And anything she's going to minister to you, girl, you better receive it. You better, you better just like give me, you better receive it. And you better believe it. Amen? All right. Now go back to crying. <laughs> I want to talk to you today, uh, which, by the way, I'm sure Sarah announced it and everything, but Wednesday night, the 22nd, will be our, our candlelight service. And I'm going to talk about faith then, too. Uh, and then Sunday, the 26th, I want you to go be with your family. I want you to hang out and be with your family and be there and, and just worship the Lord and enjoy, enjoy uh, and and. and and, and take note, uh, you know, take note, be with your family, enjoy, enjoy that time and be with the Lord. Uh, but today I want to talk to you about faith. And actually, if I had to put a title on it, which I'm not great at titles, but I would say this, I'm going to explain it, but I would say this, there's a miracle in your mouth. That's the phrasing that came to me. That's the old school faith preacher in me that rises up. There's a miracle in your mouth. Ha! <laughs> um. If y'all want more of that kind of preaching, y'all going to have to get loud because I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to act crazy if y'all ain't going to act crazy. I ain't going to be the only one. OK, but anyways, <laughs> you see, y'all scared anyways. So there's a miracle in your mouth. See, the whole thing of the miracle of Christmas and what brought Christmas about and the release of Christ, the birth of Christ, you know, for all that to happen through all the prophecies way back to Abraham and even to Genesis, all the prophecies, prophecies and everything that worked to bring Christ uh, into the flesh and into the earth and, and to release the kingdom of God in the way um, that, that he did through the bringing of, of, of Christ Jesus uh, and the fulfillment of the gospel, the fulfillment of the prophecy. You know, it all happened because of agreement and because people aligned their their mouth up in agreement with God. Not everybody did, but it takes just a few. A lot of people doubted. A lot of people, a lot of people got distracted, but it took agreement 
to bring Christ and to release him into this earth. And it's going to take agreement, faith agreement. Faith is agreement. It's going to take agreement on our part. Remember, as disciples of Christ, we're partners with God. And some of us are healthy partners. Some of us are unhealthy partners. But we're partners with God. And what if, what if everybody in the kingdom of God, what if everybody in Paducah partnered, to, partnered with God at your level of partnership? Meaning if everybody read the Bible like you read the Bible, if everybody prayed like you prayed, if everybody gave like you gave, would the kingdom of God be strong or would we have some issues? And so what if everybody in your family Because your life is an example. Your opinion is not going to change anybody, but your example will. And so what I want to talk to you about is I believe Christ is still wanting to release stuff. I believe he's still wanting to do stuff. I believe he did stuff. He will do stuff, but he's doing stuff right now. God is at work. Matter of fact, nudge the person next next to you and say, God is at work. And what I want to say to you is there can be a miracle in your mouth. And just as much as Joseph and Mary and others had to come and partner with God, just as much as the prophets had to partner with God and believe God in spite of difficult circumstances, believe God even though it was going to take a long time for something to happen, believe God even though they needed endurance, believe God even though circumstances, as soon as they did believe God, circumstances and the winds of those circumstances changed and when it went into a direct opposition to what they felt like God had said and the enemy went to work trying to steal, kill, and destroy, but they still believed God. They still did. They still walked in obedience even though their flesh didn't want to, even though other people said, oh, you don't have to be all that dedicated to God. God, it's, you know, even though there's all this opposition and all this opportunity to let go and give up and shrink back and do whatever, that we are walking in the fullness of the gospel because of the people that partnered with God in agreement and they took serious the responsibility that there is a miracle in my mouth. There can be a lot of other stuff in your mouth, but all I want to talk today about is the miracle. There's a lot of other things that you can come into agreement with, a lot of other stuff that can come out your mouth, but the reality is I just want to speak today about the miracle in your mouth and and unpack that for a few minutes during this Christmas uh, time and season for you to understand that it took partnership and agreement and people to align their life and their mouth up with what God was saying so that what God was wanting to do could be done through the partnership, through the faith partnership of his people. So just so in case I don't, so I don't lose y'all, I want you to one more time say to somebody around you, say, there's a miracle in your mouth. Look in Proverbs 18. Now, if y'all been to Faith Center any amount of time, you know the verse. You, are, you probably could preach it. And what, you even know where I'm, what I'm about to go. Proverbs 18. Verse 21, Proverbs 18, verse 21. I want you to see this real quick. And by the way, when you got it, say I got it. All right. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So what's the it talking about? In that scripture, I, just let's talk for a second. What's the it talking about? The power of the tongue. 
Because his emphasis is not on life or death. It's, it's, talking, it's, it's speaking about life or death, but the emphasis is on the power of the tongue. It's not saying the power is in life or the power is in death. The, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, meaning the power of the tongue, those who love it will eat its fruit. If you love your Bible, you can write this down somewhere on the side. Isaiah 1, 18 or 19, is, I think it's 18, or maybe it's 19. I don't know, it's one of those two. It, it says that if you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Taste and see that the Lord is. And so this thing about love it, love it means affection. Affection for, that you have this affection, this joyful affection. You love it. My drill sergeant used to say, when we're doing push-ups, I like it, I love it, I want some more of it. And I'm just, ugh, like, <laughs> I hate it, I hate it. And I can't tell you the rest of what I said, anyways. But that's how we need to be in, in, in Christ is, is when we understand the power of the tongue and that I have a choice to align my mouth up with the word of God. I got a choice of what comes out of my mouth. I, I, you have a choice of what comes out of your mouth. You don't have to. People say, I just say what I feel. Well, that's your problem right there. You don't need to just say what you feel. I'm just being honest. Well, you need to be holy is what you need to be, not honest. You know, and come into agreement with what God is saying because God uses your partnership of faith to actually change things. See, when your mouth changes, things change. So I want you to see this little definition. Guys, pull up, I don't know where I put it, but pull, pull up the thing about faith. Faith is, I want, you to, I want you to see this, faith is your willingness, faith is your willingness to, to hear, faith is your willingness to see, faith is your willingness to think, faith is your willingness to speak, and that's what we're going to talk about today, and faith is your willingness to act, meaning take action, faith is your willingness to do Things in agreement with God, meaning from God's perspective. So you have a perspective. Your perspective is your truth. My perspective is my truth. But his perspective is truth. Yeah, but I feel. Well, we already covered that. It's not about what you feel. Yeah, but what they're doing. It's not about what they're doing. His word stands. And that's why if you feel like you got a prophecy or you feel like somebody spoke something to you, you better test it according to the word of God. And rightly divide it. So you can be in right partnership with God. Goofy prophecy will mess people up. And so we got to test it according to the word of God. It's got to be our foundation and our, and our source that what God has said, well, what God is saying will match what God has said. Because this is how God speaks. And so my mouth now begins to be in alignment with him. Every, every part of me, faith is, it's, I'm telling you, it's your willingness, it's your willingness to line up all of those capacities with God. That I want to hear, I want to hear, because you're responsible for what you say, but you're also responsible for what you hear. What you hear.
So you can't just jump in with everybody's opinion. You can't just jump in. That's why social media is a dangerous place to be these days. And so you gotta, you got to come back to the Word of God and realize that, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, meaning those who have affection for it, will eat its fruit. So what that tells me, if it's talking about fruit, that what comes out of my mouth is seed. And I'm sowing something that will produce fruit. So you, you have what you have in life, and you are where you are in life, mostly, primarily, because of the seeds that you have sown. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that is what he shall reap. And maybe some other people sowed some stuff into your life, but you had to come into some level of agreement with it. Maybe people abused you and treated you bad and said some some really mean stuff and, and did you wrong. Maybe they did you totally wrong. But it doesn't affect you ultimately long term unless you come into agreement with, with it. They call you a loser. They call you whatever. They say you can't do it. They say, you know, whatever. If you come in, nothing, nothing will affect you beyond the value and permission you assign to it. So you have to choose who you're going to be in agreement with. Somebody yells at you, you don't got to fight back. Somebody says some stuff you don't agree with, you don't got to fight back. You don't got to fight back. You just got to stand. You got to stand in agreement and partnership and not be moved. You don't have to defend yourself. You stand and the Lord will be your defense. You stand in his word and and you can't control my mouth. Don't y'all wish you could? Some of y'all be like, you're done. (laughs) Sermon's over. Thank y'all. Praise the Lord. He's done. Don't you wish you could control somebody else's mouth? And I can't control your mouth. But we each can control our own. So it doesn't matter what's happening. It's you get your focus back to the word of God. That's why you need to be in the word every day. You're in the word every day. I come to the verse so I can help hear his voice. And as I'm hearing the voice, I'm looking for the verse. And as I'm looking at the verse, I'm listening for the voice. And there's a present tense speaking, a present tense life that jumps off the page. And what God is saying matches what God has said. And then all of a sudden I put God's word in my mouth and I say what God's saying over me and my family and my life. And we come into agreement with that. You don't say what you see. You don't say what you feel. You don't say what's been done. You say what God says. Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. Everything in life is going exact opposite. That's the perfect time to say the word of God. It's the perfect time to say it. And so um, so to kind of show you this, I want you to look in Luke chapter 1. I want to show you two examples, and then I'll get out of your way. Flip over the New Testament to Luke chapter 1. I love hearing those Bible pages turn. You at least sound spiritual. We love you, Johnny. We love you. Luke 1, you know the story of Zacharias. Most of y'all know the story, so I won't read the whole thing. So we'll start in verse 11. We'll start in verse 11. Then the, this is, Zacharias is, is a priest. He's going to be the father of John the Baptist. 
and, and he's a priest and he's coming to his time of service and ministry. So he's going into the temple um, in Jerusalem and he's going to minister and the angel of the Lord comes and ministers to him. And, and this is this is kind of what happens. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear and fear fell upon him and the angel said to him notice what an angel says when he sees fear do not be afraid you know you can say that to yourself in christ you can kind of just like john drama queen quit acting like that do not fear you can say it present tense in jesus name i will not fear in jesus name i will worship i will not worry in Jesus' name, I, I will not fear. I don't know what's happening right now, but Lord, I trust you. I will not fear. You tell yourself that. That's what the angel did. So to align your mouth up with it, Lord, help me get through this. Um, said, do not be afraid, Zacharias. Now look at this. Your prayer is heard and your, uh, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. So he's obviously been praying about this. I don't know why he was praying about it, but he obviously was praying. So he was praying about a son. Okay? He was praying about this. Verse 14. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. So John, John had prayed about this, and he could have come into agreement with joy and gladness. But we'll see what he did. And many will rejoice at his birth, verse 15, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he also will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his, mother womb, his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the, to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Whoo, what an assignment for a little boy. And Zacharias said to the angel, praise the Lord, I agree with you, hallelujah, let's do it. Amen, so be it. Nope, here's what he said. Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? Because I'm an old man. See, that just makes me think, okay, didn't you know that before you started praying about this? Like in your prayer time, didn't you already have a conversation with God about God? I know I'm an old man, but I'm praying to you. I really believe. Did, shouldn't you already have worked this out? So the angel in the temple, in the temple, in Jerusalem, he's a priest in the temple, in Jerusalem. And the angel of the Lord stands next to him and says this. And his response is, how will I know? Gosh, what do we wait on sometimes? What do we, I mean, my goodness, 
We, did, we need to have a child's heart to believe the Lord when he speaks. Now, we need to confirm his word and make sure we test it according to the Bible and so we don't want goofy stuff and test it to other people. But when the Lord comes and sends the angel of the Lord in the house of God, the temple there in Jerusalem, and he's coming to his priestly, his scheduled priestly service, which some priests would only do once in their life, they'd prepare for this one season to minister just a little bit once in their life. Sometimes it would be two or three times, but some some of them would be once in their life was their lot and their schedule for this. And he's been praying about this. And the angel of the Lord shows up to a trained priest of Israel. And he's like, how will I know? Because I'm an old man. God, in case you don't, I'm an old man. See, here's the thing. Abraham asked that question one time. How, how will I be certain? And I can get Abraham asking it because he wasn't a priest and he wasn't in the temple. And there wasn't a covenant yet made with, with the lineage of, of Abraham. To, and so what was happening is Abraham had faith. I can understand and I think God understands Abraham asking that question. But the test and God's answer to Abraham, when Abraham said, God, how will I know you'll perform these, uh, perform these promises? His answer was covenant. I'm going to make a covenant with you. That's the covenant of Abraham. The, the promises made to Abraham confirmed and established by covenant that God made um, with Abraham but through himself. He included Abraham in actually a partnership that God made depending completely on himself. So Zacharias knew the covenant of Abraham and Zacharias knew, he knew there's no question he knew he shouldn't ask that question because the man who asked that question years ago was Abraham and God answered that question. And so when God speaks to any one of us, especially a priest in the temple who's been praying about this and the angel of the Lord stands up, we don't have a right to ask that question. Your insecurities do not give you a right. Your fear does not give you a right to ask that kind of question. Abraham asked that question, God answered it and made it and answered it by covenant. And if you come into relationship with Jesus Christ and you're a Christian, you're a disciple of Christ because you believe he's Lord and that God raised him from the dead, then the covenant that God made with Abraham is now extended to you. And, and God answered that question to Abraham by covenant. Therefore, the answer to that question is covenant. And it is Jesus. He's already answered the question. And so, so look, look, look at what happens as, as he goes on. This is, just, this is just incredible to me. Skip down to verse 19. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands, and I think he's like, see, this is where the mic goes up like this. It's like, what would you just say? How will you, did he just say, how will he know? I am Gabriel, bro. <laughs> I am Gabriel. I stand, I stand in the presence of God. You come in here trembling in the presence of God, doing your little priestly thing in the temple. I stand in the presence of God. Who you think I is? <laughs> Where you think I'm coming from? You think I'm just running my mouth? No, Pastor John runs his mouth. I'm Gabriel. I'm Gabriel. What are you talking about? I stand in the presence of God. 
That, because to me, it's like you're falling in the presence of God. I stand there. Mm. And, and here's the thing. Don't let me kid you because I was like, man, if I was Gabriel, I'd be like, yes, I'd probably do just what Gabriel did. I mean, just what uh, Zacharias did. I'd be like, man, I can't believe Zacharias did that. Sometimes we read the Bible and think, why did I can't believe they did that? We do the same thing. And that's why we need to learn from the testimony. And so watch what he said in verse 20. But behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the days um, until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words. See, that's, a, that's Gabriel standing in the presence of God, knowing how faith works, knowing how there's a miracle in your mouth. And when you don't know how to take responsibility of the miracle that God's putting in your mouth, the, this was such a crucial time in the history of Israel and for, the, for planet Earth that the angel, knowing how faith operates, knowing that God is putting a promise of a miracle in your mouth so you can partner with him to bring it to pass, seeing this priest who was not walking in what he should be walking, not understanding the lessons he should have understood from Abraham. So what he ends up doing is saying, mute. You ain't going to mess this up. Your mouth is not going to mess this up. You know how many times my mouth has messed stuff up? Is anybody else like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of y'all should raise two hands. <laughs> Look at Don over there. Yes, Lord, that's me. And, and so, but it shows you the power of the tongue. Shows you the power of the tongue. And that's why we just need to, need to align our tongue with, with the Lord. So he says, I'm put you on mute. So let's skip over in the same chapter and, and go to verse. Um, this is Mary. You know the story of Mary. Uh, and uh, let's just look in verse 28. Since it's Christmas time, we can read this. Verse 28, Luke 1, 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered the manner of the greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you or for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will call the son, and he will be called the son of the highest, and the, uh, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Total different question, by the way, that I'm going to unpack for you in a second. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, uh, also that the Holy One uh, uh, who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Uh, and now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month uh, for her who was called barren. For with God, okay, who's saying this? Verse 37. For with God, all things will be, uh, with God, nothing will be impossible. Gabriel, and where does he stand? Is Gabriel playing? 
He's not deluded with our weak, insecure, unbelieving, sinful, um, fearful, fleshly perspective. He stands in the presence of God. When God speaks, when he speaks, it's just there. I mean, we're we're doing it. That's why I love, and I was talking to the group that was in this last discovery. We're talking about in Acts chapter 1 where Jesus had spoken to them and said, you shall receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and spoke all that stuff. And then he was taken up into heaven and they watch him go up into heaven. And then you see two angels that are there. And so they, they're watching, they watch Jesus go up into heaven. And they're watching. And then these two angels come watching them watch. And the angels, this is my paraphrased version, what are y'all doing? And, and it's kind of like, <laughs> what, what do you mean? We're, what, uh, we don't see that all the time. Okay, this same Jesus is going to come again in like manner. What are y'all doing? And what's, what's happening, is, it, to me, I get this tense of like, you're, you're focusing on the wonder of this, 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 he's floating up into heaven, going back to heaven, which is really cool. But what you're not keyed in on is what he said. And the angels are kind of like, that's cool, but y'all better pay attention to what he said. And how come y'all are not obe- obeying it yet? Like, why y'all standing here? Go. Go. And we're just like, wow. See, we do that. Wasn't that a good worship service? Didn't the worship team, man, I felt God's word. Wow. Okay, but are you going with the word? Like, I know y'all, this happens all the time. Man, Pastor John just spoke so eloquently. Changed my life. He must have went to Harvard. Or at least got his GED. I don't know which one it was, but it, he spoke. This is just, wow. Go. Go. And, and so this, the angels are standing in the, Gabriel standing and he's speaking this life, speaking this truth. And here we have two contrasts. Um, like after verse 37, he says, he says, with God, all things will be possible. And verse 38, then Mary said, so this is Mary talking. This is Mary talking. Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed. He might, because of Zachariah, he might, because of Zachariah, he might have had his, his hand on the, on the remote to almost do mute. Like, I'll mute both of y'all if y'all go mess this up. But he says, he speaks to her, because her question is different. I'll explain that in a second. But he says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And she's basically like, it's a, it's a declaration. It's a self. She's just declaring this over herself. She, what she's saying is, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. She's already believing what he's saying. I'm the handmaiden of the Lord and let it be done unto me according to your word. She said that. She didn't just think that. She said that. She said it. And the angel like put the remote back. Good to go, girl. And he could leave. Why could he leave? Because the word was established in her mouth. I 
I don't want to be the one where the angel has to take the remote out. It's not in his mouth. He's something else is in his mouth. Uh, so what's coming out of my mouth is not what's coming out of his mouth. So mute. I don't want my mouth to be muted. I want God to be able to put a miracle in my mouth. And let me start saying it as seed. And everybody else says, I don't think that's a miracle. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't see it. I don't understand. You're confused, Pastor John. You don't even know what you're talking about. It don't look like that. It don't feel like that. There's no way that's going to happen. And you just keep speaking that miracle. And what happens is we have the privilege to partner with God to bring the past in this realm, the thing he's already finished in that realm. There's a miracle in your mouth. I believe this year coming up, the Lord's going to create things through you. I believe the Lord's going to speak to you, but, it's, but you're going to have to be sensitive. That's why obedience is so important. Obedience does not make God love you more. God already loves you. Obedience is about you loving God more. Obedience is never based on fear. Obedience is always motivated by love. And when you have an obedient heart to come in line with God and you say no to the flesh, make no provision to the flesh, not my will be done, but your will be done. Not chasing after some goofy prophecies and some goofy stuff, but trying to be trying to have the purity of God's word and listening to what God is speaking and, and walking in that and being in alignment with this so that you're you're. You're hearing, you're seeing, you're thinking, you're, you're even your feeling, you're, 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 what you're saying and what you're doing is in alignment with God's word. And you're in, you're in control of all of those elements. And when you begin to do that, you are partnering with God in alignment for him to begin to bring things through your life. And you may be having to do it on a battlefield. You may, be facing, you may be facing all kinds of dif difficulty, but don't say what the devil says. Don't say what you feel. Don't say what you see in your natural eyes. You say what God says. Faith is your willingness. Faith is your willingness to walk in the perspective of God. And you say what he's saying. That's why you can't just every now and then open up a Bible and, and every now and then read your Bible and just claim a verse. That's not faith, that's hope. Faith is you walking in relationship with God, surrendered to Him, submitted to Him. You're the Lord of my life. I'm going to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. You're Lord, I'm going to serve you, God. And what you say goes, and I will align my life with your word. And as you start doing that, you may be like cutting through some stuff and breaking through, but you keep speaking that word. And so the difference here is what Zacharias said. Um, and guys, go to that, that thing where I pulled up where he said uh, the, in the latter part of that, that slideshow, um, look at what he said. What, what he said here was, you know, how will I know is what he's saying. It's the ultimate phrase. When you study out that phrase, what he's saying is, how will I know? How will I be certain? Meaning, meaning I'm in the temple. I'm the priest. I've been trained my whole life to do this. I've been praying about this. I'm in the temple at the altar of God. And the angel of the Lord just stood next to me. 
and started speaking to me saying, I've come, I've heard your prayers, your prayers have been answered. And he's saying, you will have a child. So all this is happening. And so in the middle of that, he says, how will I know? See, if I was an angel, I'd be like, well, how about to help you out? What if I, what if I knocked you on your head? Would that help you out? Help you know? <laughs> how will I know? In that context, think about the unbelief at work. Well, how, how will I know? See, that word, that phrasing, how will I know, speaks to this thing about certainty and walking, walking in certain, like I need to be convinced of this. I need, to be, I need to be certain of this. And I told you, Abraham asked that question and God made a covenant. So what gives us the certainty? The, the faith of Abraham and a covenant that is, that is established because we are engrafted into this covenant. And, and when God makes a promise, he confirms it with, by a covenant. And it's the highest type of confirmment. It's the highest type of, of something being established. And so if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're in covenant relationship with God, which means we never have a right when, when God is speaking to us to say, well, how, how, am I, how, how can I know this will be? How will I know? How will I be certain? How will I have firsthand experience? How will I know you're going to do this, God? In the temple. That just blows my mind. In the temple. Some of you guys have believed God with much less evidence. Some of you guys were driving down a road, reading your Bible someday in, at home, and God spoke a little still small voice to you. A little thing bubbled up, and God spoke something to you, and you believed that word even though all hell and life turned against you, and you have believed that word for your life and for your family, and your family has been transformed because you didn't believe the world, you didn't believe the news you didn't believe what everybody else was saying you didn't believe what you felt you didn't believe what they said you believed that still small voice no angel no temple just a little word from God and you believed it some of you are still holding on to a word and I want to tell you if you die and that word is not fulfilled you die holding on to that word because your faith will outlive your life you die holding on to that word and your partnership and your agreement and the miracle that God put in your mouth, your voice will outlive your life. And I love how Caitlin said this, everything in the kingdom of God is voice activated. Kind of like the commercial credit card. What's in your wallet? <laughs> What's in your mouth? Look, I got shake my head and stuff, look, I'm getting all tuned. <laughs> and then look at, look at how Mary said it. And Mary said it this way. How shall this be? See, that phrasing is totally different. The Greek phrasing is totally different. The Greek phrasing, see that phrase to be is, is, is I can't pronounce the word, but it's used many times throughout the New Testament. And, and it's used like, we, you know where it said Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That phrasing, I am, is the exact same phrasing. It's a present tense, ever existing, eternal. It's present tense, but eternal. So Jesus says, I am 
the way, the truth, and the life. When, when Peter, when Jesus asked, asked the disciples, who, who do men say that I am and then who do you say that I am? In Matthew 16, and, and Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, because flesh and blood did not reveal it to him, but my Father in heaven revealed this to you. He said, you are the Christ. That phrase, you are the Christ, is that same Greek phrase. And so it's present tense. So what Mary is saying, what Mary is saying is, I believe. She's saying, she's saying this is already existing. What you're saying, I already, not, not that God, you will do this, but she's saying it already exists because it's in your mouth, angel, because it's in your mouth and, and because it's in your mouth, it's in God's heart. And if it's in God's heart, it already exists. But she has a question. How will this be? Not how will I know this will be, which is what Zechariah asked. She asked, how will this be? And he's like, simple. Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you, you know, and he just, he tells her how. So it's not wrong to say, how will this be? And sometimes when you say, how will this, how will this be? How is God, how I believe, how are you going to do it? There's times that he'll say, none your business. None your business. Follow me. None your business. Believe me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. So she asked this question, totally different from Zechariah. How will I know this will be? Total different question. And so here's what I believe. I believe God's speaking to me. And I believe God's speaking to you. Because he's put us in relationship together. And he's speaking to us about what he's doing in, our, in your family, in my family, in our church family, in this city, in this region. And I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to, I really believe this next year, there's going to be a foot pressed on the gas. I, I felt a strong urge of it when we were in Mexico. And I know the three amigos probably felt the same thing. And there's going to be increase. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I believe it's going to be all levels, meaning you can get in on it if you want to. And the way for you to get in on it and what God is doing in a people, in a season, is for you to say, God, I believe you're putting a miracle in my mouth and I'm going to say what you say. I'm not going to say the other stuff. I'm not going to say the other stuff. I'm going to mute the things I used to say and I'm going to release the things I need to say. And Lord, don't send the angel to mute me. I got this on my own. Don't send the angel to mute me. So when you hear somebody speaking fear and speaking worry and speaking anxiety, all you, in this house, here's a new thing we can do. Just go. Now be careful when you do that to your spouse. <laughs> yeah, be careful. So let it be done according to your faith. But I'm going to tell you, we need to be able to say, hey, brother, hey, I understand what you're saying. No judgment. I understand what you're saying. I understand the, the pain. I understand, I understand your perspective. But what needs to happen is we need to mute that and we need to, we need to release the miracle. We need to release the miracle. I want the worship team to go ahead and come on up. And releasing the miracle is, is about us saying, God, I believe 
I believe your word. I don't always see how it's going to happen, but, but, and I have questions about how is it going to happen. And it's great when he begins to say, well, this is what I'm going to do. That's great when that happens. But he doesn't always say that. And how arrogant and, and prideful would it be if we're like, well, God, I'm not going to believe you until you show me how it's going to happen. Well, that just don't make any sense. Every parent in this room, if you told your child to do something, they said, well, no, I'm not going to do it until you tell me either why or how. Y'all know, dis- know that's disobedience. You know it's rebellion. And so we don't need to be that way to the Lord. We just need to be straight up to the Lord. And some of you are here today, and the reason why you're here today is because I'm telling you, y'all, y'all take this for whatever. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not fully educated and all that kind of stuff, but I believe I have a sensing to the Spirit of God on what He's doing in people's lives. And I'm telling you right now, there is another little shift that's happening. There's another little shift that's happening. That if you step into it and agree with it, if you step into it in your own heart, and you begin to say, let it be done to me according to your word, then then what's going to happen is your faith in the still small voice is actually what's going to bring the angels into this thing to help you and to empower you after you believe the word, as you believe the word. And not just believing it today when everything's good, but believing it in the middle of the lake when, the, when you're in the storm and it looks like you're sinking and it looks like it's never going to happen and it feels like God lied to you. It feels like you were gullible. It feels like I can't believe you would believe that. And people using human wisdom in the church are trying to use a human logic to talk you out of the logic of God. But what you need to know is when you live a life devoted to God, a heart that says I'll love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, not my will be done but your will be done you're the lord of my life i want to live for you you're at the center i'm not at the center you're at the center i'm you're not here serving me i'm here serving you and god i'm going to believe you i'm going to be courageous enough to believe you and align my life up to you and and begin to not allow anybody to talk me out of what you're talking me into And begin to watch, watch God do impossible things through people that are willing to believe him and have the endurance. And some of y'all, y'all may spend your whole life believing, 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 believing. And some of y'all will be right up when, till, the, till the last few minutes of the game. And God will bring the breakthrough. And your endurance through the entire game will be, in, will be celebrated in all eternity. And some of you are going to play the entire game. And in the last 60 seconds of the game, you are going to go home. But in the, in the records in the heavenly realm, you are part of that victory. Because people watch how you played and your substitute who came in because you went out, who played 60 seconds of a game you played all four quarters of. And they received a victory and looked like it was magical and superhero. And wow, look how easy that was. You know it wasn't easy because your faith outlived your life. And that's why you celebrate somebody's victory. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. 
We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.